Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato, and this is qualifying at the 2023 Azerbaijan Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And on today's episode, Charles Leclerc snatches a memorable pole position ahead of Max Verstappen in a tense Friday qualifying session. Is it a change in fortunes for Ferrari? Well, neither Leclerc nor Verstappen really think so, although there are reasons to think the bumpy Baku track might give us a bit more of a fight than usual. Elsewhere, Alpine suffered a shocking day despite bringing a major upgrade to the car that it hoped would bring it closer to the front. Pierre Gasly's car caught fire in practice, and then he put it in the wall almost immediately in Q1. Esteban Ocon fared only a little better and failed to make the top 10. And teams are feeling the pressure of the sprint weekend, with several unreliability problems jumbling the top 10 for Sunday's race. Fernando Alonso thinks he could have been much closer to the top three with a cleaner run, but Yuki Tsunoda and the McLaren drivers managed to break through for rare Q3 appearances. For all that and more, it's over to your host on the ground in Baku, it's Julianne Serasoli. Hello everyone, Julianne Serasoli here from Baku, where we had a tricky qualifying for the race on Sunday. Or let's say a Baku qualifying, it's always tricky here, isn't it? As I told you, it was going to be the case, we were going to have red flags, and so it happened. That wasn't a very hard bet, was it? But what I couldn't predict was to see Charles Leclerc on pole position, breaking Red Bull's domination. And once again, I'm sorry, I'm speaking from the track, so you can probably hear some background music from the concert. And I think what you can hear here is Hardwell, Dutch DJ, playing. Uh, well, all I can tell you, while I'm still working here, it's getting louder and louder and louder. But anyway, Ferrari always does well in Baku, don't they? Leclerc seems to grow when the walls are close to him. And I suspect that we will see in other bumpy and street circuits throughout the season that Red Bull won't be as comfortable as they are uh, in other types of tarmac and other types of circuits. The suspension they use is very stiff and it seems to be a bit costly today. The car didn't seem to be very keen to turn. That, that was my, my call from watching qualifying. But why is Red Bull's suspension stiff? Is that a, a big problem for them? Not really, it's actually the biggest solution for them. The whole suspension setup is fought in a way to work in favor of the floor, keeping the right height stable. By doing so, the Venturi channels are always well fed, so to speak, and the car generates a lot of downforce. The downside is when you need it to be more flexible, to deal with bumps, with curbs, so it doesn't respond that well. It's harder to get a clean lap, and both Red Bull drivers did say today that they didn't manage to have a clean lap in the end. 
I thought Red Bull's advantage on the straights would be enough to guarantee a pole position even a front row for both drivers. The Red Bull powertrains, as well known as the Honda engines, they have a very good energy recovery system. So that makes a huge difference when you have a very long straight or a long period of acceleration, as you have in Baku, as you have in Spa, in a, a few other circuits. So while the others are clipping in the end of the straight, so they're not getting the power from the batteries anymore, the Hondas are still getting it, are still having full power. That's part of the explanation for Yuki Tsunoda's seventh place on the grid. Although AlphaTauri did bring a, a package here and the package seemed to be working well. They were the team with the biggest amount of upgrades for this weekend, tied with McLaren actually, who managed to put uh, both drivers on Q3 for the first time in a whole season. I'm going to go back to the McLaren drivers later in the podcast. But I'm not sure if upgrading the car in Baku with only one practice session was the smartest choice because the only car that had nothing new was on pole, wasn't it? Charles Leclerc said they were very surprised because they came into the weekend thinking, oh, it would be so great to be in front of the Mercedes and in front of the Aston Martin. And now they are in front of the whole grid. Well, Mercedes got a bit lost on setup. They decided not to try the soft tires uh, during free practice. And both of them were using a very high downforce setup in FP1. And that made them very, very, very slow on the straights. They recovered a bit of ground for quali. They had the fourth fastest car on the straights. They were even actually quicker than the Ferrari and the difference was minimal. But Lewis Hamilton, who starts the Sunday race from fifth position, described the car too difficult to drive. And George Russell, who missed the cut for Q3, said they basically don't know what to do to improve the setup at the moment. And Aston Martin, the new rear wing that everybody in Spain is so excited about because they thought the rear wing was going to transform Aston Martin's straight line speed. Uh, it didn't. And it didn't work really well with the DRS failing throughout qualifying. Alonso somehow managed to put the car in six, but he thinks he would have been in front of Carlos Sainz, so he, he would have been in fourth if he had the DRS working. He's not wrong though, because the, the Spaniard, the younger one, he had a very troubled afternoon and his qualifying looked quite messy. He couldn't finish the lap before the first red flag, in a key one, and then he had to use another set of tires and spun before the second red flag. And we are still talking about key one. And that compromised his session because he only had one tire for Q3. So he only had one try for Q3. The whole situation reminded me of a conversation I had with an engineer recently. He said that the difference between Leclerc and Sainz is that you say to Charles, in order to be quick, let's make an example. In order to be quick, you need to break one meter from the wall. As crazy as it might sound, Charles will go there and do it. And then Carlos will ask, how can the car do it? Prove it to me it's possible. Explain to me in engineering terms and then I'll do it. So Baku is a circuit for crazy people. And so it's more for Charles than for Carlos, definitely. We cannot talk about Friday without mentioning Alpine. Oh my God, they had an odyssey. 
today. What a tough day for them. So first they have a hydraulic failure, which becomes a huge fire in Gasly's car during FP1. The car takes a while to be delivered back to the garage, so they only had two hours to change the gearbox and the PU, and that's happening in the fourth race of the season. Many mechanics told me throughout the years that they find it harder to make these kind of changes in the beginning of the season, even if the car is quite similar to the previous year's car, they find it very hard to, to change PUs and, and stuff like that because a lot changes inside the car, even though they, the cars look very similar from one year to the other, if that makes any sense. So they, the whole procedure of changing a PU unit changes and they have to get used to it. So they find it harder to change the in the first few races or to even put the car together, assemble the car for the race for them is much harder in the beginning of the season. So they managed to do that, gearbox and the PU in less than two hours. And luckily the ch uh, chassis was okay because that was a big worry for them, but it was fine. So he makes it to qualifying and also during uh, FP1, Ocon basically missed the whole session because his car was being checked for the same kind of issue because it, they really didn't want to have the same issue for both cars. So then Gasly goes out for qualifying with plenty of time actually, and then he finds the wall. And what an amazing day for Alpine, wasn't it? The good news for them, maybe, is that Friday, Friday would be basically wiped out tomorrow as it will be like a, a sprint day tomorrow, so to speak. So it could all start, to, start differently. But it's hard to think that they could turn this weekend around with both drivers basically losing so much track time today. So they had no time to set up the car. So it's hard to think that the car would be in a good shape for the rest of the weekend. Another team which deserves a mention today is McLaren, of course, with both cars making into Q3, even though they were very slow in the straights, as they have a huge rear wing at the back of their car. This whole Q3 thing came with a new floor, which allows the car to run closer to the ground. So that makes us think that we might see more to come from this upgrade when they have a smaller wing to run, or when we go to other circuits. As I always leave the really important news for the end, those who listened to yesterday's episode know I was getting ready for a party with the organizers. They, they throw this party for the media and for the teams. And yes, I'm glad to say I'm in one piece, although I'm not gonna name names. But I did see some people struggling in the paddock today, even on camera during qualifying, but didn't mention any names. That quickly became a Baku classic that a lot of people are struggling on Friday. And even worse, when it's a, a very serious Friday like we had today with qualifying and all that. I hope you enjoyed uh, the format. For now, we could see in the grandstands there was a lot of people, much more people than usually on Friday. So let's hope also tomorrow with the sprint day, it works. And I'll be here to tell you all about it.
thanks very much to Julianne, who's in the Azerbaijan paddock all weekend. Or at the circuit for crazy people, as I think it'll soon be known. Julianne will be back tomorrow to debrief F1's first standalone sprint day. Make sure you don't miss an update from Azerbaijan this weekend by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. You can keep up to date too with all the developments from Baku throughout the day by following Julianne on social media. Just check the link in the show description. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.